Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen of Calvary Chapel Pearland. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. I pray often for those of you driving in your car that you hear the Word of God and you consider the things that's being read to you today from the Bible, and you say, you know what? I didn't know that about God. I need to straighten up a few things to get in line with what He expects of me, and then you can experience better blessing in your life. That's all I do this for, is to get the Word of God, the gospel of Jesus, to as many people as I possibly can. Now, Solomon goes on to say in 1 Kings 8 and 44, When your people go out to battle against their enemy, wherever you send them, and when they pray to the Lord toward the city which you have chosen and the temple which I have built for your name, then hear in heaven their prayer and their supplication and maintain their cause. Now, this particular passage is kind of different because it's not addressing uh, uh, anything about praying for the consequences of sin but it's talking about maintaining a righteous walk after you have chosen to do what's right. This isn't about sin. This is about righteousness. Lots of people have been through the ringer of affliction. So they chose to give up their old life, and they want to walk right with God, and they've made a good choice to walk right with Him. But there's always some knucklehead group out there that always tries to mess it up for everybody. You know what I'm talking about. And so when an enemy comes along to try to just mess it up for those that just want to walk and live right. Did you know that we can pray to keep our walk right? We can pray not just to learn how to walk right, but pray so that we can continue to walk successfully right. (laughs) It's not just, oh, I, I realized I was messing up. I need to spin around and go to the other way. That's good prayer right there. That's a repentant prayer that you can turn around and get go back with God. But to continue that good walk, you still got to pray. And that's what Solomon's talking about here. Prayer is not just about getting out from under affliction. It's also needed for staying under victory. Prayer is not just to get out of the bad stuff. It's also for staying in the good stuff. So let's look at the wide scope that we've been given since our previous chapter. We saw that the ark came in. It was carrying the presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord would not enter the temple until there was first great sacrifice made by the priests. The parallel here is that the Lord will not indwell us believers as his new temple until you have first identified with the great sacrifice that our high priest Jesus Christ made for us on the cross. And so now, if you're his, let's say you've given your life to Jesus, you are now the temple, he has now come and indwelled you. Whenever you get a little bit offside, God will afflict us still. You know, this is what confuses people. I gave my life to Jesus. How come I'm being afflicted? Because there's still some sin in there to purge out. You know, when you step out of the shower, you're not immediately dry. 
even though you run the towel over your hair and everywhere, you're still a little bit wet. There's still a little bit of residual there. You know, we're sinners. We still carry some of that. So you've given your life to Jesus. God will still afflict us just enough for the reason we are given in verse 36. Why? That he may teach us the good way in which we should walk. Now, we've been given a complete picture. Great sacrifice must be accepted before God will indwell us. Then, for us to experience his full victory, we must pray. And we got to pray always, not just for repenting of sin. See, friends, that's what I want to communicate to you today. So many people, no, I've repented already, so, you know, just leave me alone with this message. <laughs> Repenting is just the start. You can also pray that we can experience victory. Psalm 17, verse 6 says, I have called upon you, for you will hear me, O God. So I want you to remember how Solomon prayed, hear their prayer, and maintain their cause. Maintain their cause. And so of all the subjects that we learned to pray for today, what is our cause? There's a lot of prayers that God won't hear because it's not our cause. It's like you can't pray, Lord, make me a millionaire and rich and have a mansion so I can get away from everybody. Lord, just give me what I want. That God's not going to answer that prayer because that's not the right cause. So how can we know how to pray? How can we know how to pray with the right cause? 1 John 5.14 says, If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Okay, you want your prayers to be heard? Then you got to pray in a way that God wants to listen to. you got to pray according to His will. Most people today, they don't pray according to God's will. They pray according to their will, their own will. It's selfishness. God's not going to answer a selfish prayer. So when Solomon said maintain their cause, friends, this is what our cause is. Whatever we pray that is according to His will. If you don't know what the will of God is, you never study the Word of God, you never hear it. But, oh, my, I pray to God all the time. Well, you're not praying His will because you don't even know what it is. You're praying your will. So many people, it's sad, they pray selfishly for things that are not according to God's will, but their own wicked agenda. God's not going to answer those who try to do evil. You know, we're supposed to repent of evil. We're supposed to turn away from it. We're not supposed to pray to God to ask us to help us do evil. And a lot of people do that. It's not God's will. But if it is God's will, then God will answer. And one thing is that it is God's will that all people would repent. 2 Peter 3.9 The Lord is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Long-suffering, that's, that's a little different than just patience. I gave a story one time, people kind of laughed at it. The difference between patience and long-suffering, patience is waiting in line at the grocery store to buy a donut. Long-suffering is going out and harvesting, growing and harvesting the materials yourself, the wheat and, and sugar cane and whatever is all's in a donut, I don't really know, but growing it yourself and then going into your kitchen and mixing it up and doing it all yourself, that's more like a long-suffering thing. It takes a lot more work and a lot more time. The Lord is long-suffering toward us. He doesn't want anybody to perish. He wants everybody to come to repentance. This is our God. Yes, he will afflict, but he's not quick about it. And when he does it, he does it with an immeasurable amount of compassion. We need to remember that the next time we go through affliction. But I have to admire Solomon for asking 
for the Lord to hear his people's repentance so that his entire nation, that the entire nation Israel would be blessed. I want you to take a look at a verse I'm going to show you. Go to Second Chronicles 7.14 here. I'm going to show you a verse that people pluck and they take it and they misuse it often. But let's look at this real quick. Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now, many of you have seen this before. It's a very familiar verse that people, though, they try to take it and make it all about them. And I'm talking about Gentiles. Gentiles take this verse and say, that's me, my people, where it says my people, that God was referring to his chosen people, Israel. And so as a Gentile, even I will come to you and say that that verse was not talking about Gentiles. It was talking about the Jewish people of Israel. God was referring to his chosen people, Israel. I looked into Second Chronicles 7 to try to confirm exactly who it was that God was talking to. And friends, this is how you need to learn to read your Bible. Keep everything in context. I looked into Second Chronicles 7 to find exactly who God was talking to, and you will not believe what I found. Well, actually, you will believe it, but it will probably astound you. What I found is that Second Chronicles 7 tells us what happened the very night later after Solomon dedicated the temple. We're reading in 1 Kings 8 when Solomon was dedicating the temple. That's what all the prayer was for. But what happened right after that? Second Chronicles picks up from there and tells us that the Lord appeared to Solomon after Solomon dedicated the temple, and he told him, I heard every one of the prayers that you asked me of today. He says, I heard you. So we just read in 1 Kings 8. Solomon asked the Lord, Lord, if we sin, if we're sick, if we fall away, if we're beaten by an enemy, Lord, will you hear our prayers and help us? And the Lord showed right up and he answered Solomon's prayer. He said, I heard you. And yes, I will do it. He said, if my people, Israel, he's talking about Israel, if my people who are called by my name will humble, pray, and repent, I will hear you, I will forgive you, and I will heal your land. Now, I was shocked to find this. I've never in my life ever found another verse somewhere else in the Bible that ended up referencing back to the very same day as another passage that I was reading. I mean, these, <laughs> this Second Chronicles 7 is, goes right to the same exact time when Solomon was dedicating the temple. It's right there. I mean, bullseye. So, in fact, in 1 Kings 9, it says there also that the Lord appeared to Solomon and said, yes, I heard you. So, in the next chapter, we're going to hear the same thing that Chronicles was saying. So, guys, check this out. Solomon prayed, and the Lord answered his specific prayers. Now, in 1 Kings 8, verse 35, Solomon asked the Lord if he would help if the rains stopped. Then in verse 37, he asked the Lord if he'd help if pestilence or if locusts hit the nation. And so the Lord answered all those specific prayers in Second Chronicles 7. Yeah, I heard you. So now I want you to watch what happens when we read Second Chronicles 7 in its context, because I'm going to back up before verse 14. See, people mostly only know verse 14 on. I'm going to back up to verse 13. And I want you to hear, okay? He says from Second Chronicles 7, verse 13, 
when I shut up heaven, and there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people. See, the Lord says he sends it. He's the one that's doing it. Verse 14, then if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Friends, I wanted you to see that this is not just don't don't be guilty of scripture plucking. You want to you want to pluck something, grab a chicken and go have chicken and pluck the feathers tonight. But if you, if you pluck out of the Bible, you're going to mess it up and you're not going to understand what is he's actually trying to say. Don't pluck. He did not just say if you'll humble and pray and I'll hear okay, that's not all he said. He says when I shut up heaven and cut your rain off, when I command locusts to devour the land, oh, God doesn't do that. He's saying he does it right here. And when I, cl- when I also send pestilence, when I send diseases, when I send destructive diseases that are damaging and make people sick, when I, the Lord, do all these things among my people, if you'll humble, pray, and seek, and turn from, my, from their wicked ways, I'll hear you, and I'll forgive the sin, and I'll heal your, heal your land. That's what the Lord said. We got to put this in its context and understand how that Chronicles verse goes right directly to 1 Kings 8, exactly what Solomon was praying for. Let's get it right. When when you're going to read, read it right, or you're going to miss something. And so Solomon asked specifically. That's what I want you to see today. Solomon prayed specifically, and so the Lord answered specifically. That is good news. So I'm glad to prove that the term, quote, my people, refers to the Israelites and not to the Gentiles because that promise was spoken to them. That was the promise for that those people, Israel, not the Gentile. Now, before you Gentiles get all upset, hey, I'm a Gentile, okay? I'm in this with you. Don't just hear me out. Before you pop a vein out of your forehead. I want to say, though, however, the Lord does offer us Gentiles a very similar blessing. I just don't want to mess the context up of what was said. He does give us a similar blessing. I want to show you in John fourteen thirteen, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So I want you to notice it says, if you ask in a specific way, it says, if you ask in my name, Jesus said, he said, if you ask in my name, in his name, not yours, this means that you're asking whatever you're asking for, you have to ask for it to get it with the intention of doing God's will with it. Your asking has to agree with the will of God. You can't ask God to make you a millionaire or just get rid of consequences of sin that you probably drummed up yourself. Your asking has to be an asking of repentance, and it has to be an agreement with the Lord. And what you're asking for, when you get it, your intention with it has to be for doing what God told you to do with your life. If you don't know what God commands you to do with your life, then you're asking God for things. You're asking amiss. You're asking wrongly. He's not going to answer that. And this is that cause that Solomon was praying about. You cannot pray with a sinful cause. You cannot pray for wicked, selfish things and expect God to bless you in that. It must align with God's will. That's what he meant when he says you have to ask in my name. So what people do, 
They have these selfish agendas, and they say, oh, in Jesus' name, give me that. Well, that's not praying in Jesus' name. That's praying in your name. That's praying for your will to be done, not his. So today the Bible showed us that sin causes what we call today natural disasters. Now, this is interesting because, you know, Solomon said when you shut up the heavens and you don't let it rain, our sin literally affects the weather. Now, I found in the New York Times, it said recently, that hurricanes are increasing in strength and they're more likely to reach a Category 3 or higher than they used to be. They're more likely to get stronger than before. Now, unbelievers blame all this on climate change or they got a new term now called global warming. You can go to the United States Geological Survey's website. It's a government website. And they have an article titled, Why Are We Having So Many Earthquakes? And they have reported in this article that earthquakes have increased 1,200% over the last 50 years. The, the bad ones have increased 1,200%, 12 times over. So what kind of sin happened in the United States of America 50 years ago, if they're reporting that earthquakes have increased in the last 50 years, you just got to think for a minute, what kind of national sin happened in the U.S. of A. 50 years ago? Roe versus Wade. Abortion. Friends, the Lord God said that Abel's blood cried out to him from the ground when Abel was murdered. His blood cried out to God from the ground. That was one guy. Just one guy that died. What do you think the cry of over 70 million sounds like? 70 million since 50 years ago. Friends, our sin provokes God's wrath. And, and real quick, before I move on, before you turn this off, any of you that have committed this, I want you to understand there is forgiveness for what you've done. There's forgiveness. God wants to forgive you with immeasurable compassion. Don't beat yourself up over it. He wants to forgive you, but our unrepentant, unforgiven sin, it provokes God's wrath. It causes the rain to stop. You know, I saw a movie. I don't know. I was flipping channels. There's this guy that was mocking the Lord. He said, oh, are you one of those guys that believes that this kind of sinful people causes earthquakes and hurricanes and all that kind of stuff? Oh, ha, ha, ha. That's funny. He's mocking the Lord. But that's what we've read today, friends. The world makes fun of this thought because they don't want to be held accountable to God's affliction. They want to blame it on climate change, or that's just how the weather is, or we don't have any bearing over that. Solomon was praying, Lord, I know that our sin causes these things to happen. He knew it. Our sin causes rain to stop. It causes enemies to take over entire nations. It causes disease, failure and destruction of all kinds that the unbelievers, they always have some other reason to blame it on except sin. You ever notice that? It's anything but sin's fault. It's always somebody else's fault. It's some other thing. But God specifically said, he said specifically, he said, if you pray, repent, and seek my ways. He said this to Israel. He said, if you seek my ways instead of your own, then not only will I forgive you, but I will also heal your whole land. I will heal the land. I'll bring the rains back. God is saying, I will help you. Friends, our answer is not found in the three G's. You're not going to get your answer from gold, guns, or government. Our answer is in just one G, God, the God of Israel, maker of heaven and earth. And the last thing I want you to look at in 1 Kings 8 is verse 16, where the Lord said of a certain city, he said that my name 
might be there. What city is that? Let me show you. Second Chronicles 6 and 6 says, I have chosen Jerusalem that my name may be there. I don't know how many of you have been through an art gallery and seen wonderful works of art, grand paintings that just catch your eye and you're just locked on it looking. And when you look at a masterpiece painting, after you appreciate the creation of that artwork and all the detail and all the beauty and whatever you're, that's really grabbed you, eventually you're going to look to see who painted it. And so then you start looking for the artist's name that they usually put down in the painting somewhere, I guess at the bottom or something. You're wondering who did all this? And you start looking to see where they put their name. Friends, God is trying to get our attention. And when you look at the masterpiece artwork of all of creation, when you start wondering who did this, who did this? Well, friends, the artist put his name on that work and he put his name. Where is it located? Right on Jerusalem. You ever notice how all of creation, all of the world, all the news that's going on always ends up back in Israel in some kind of way because God is trying to use everything he's got, all his creation, to get our attention. He's coming after you. God wants you. He's using everything from affliction to blessing. He's also using believers in your life who are just trying to call you to repentance. Why? Because he wants you. Because God loves you. Now, friend, if you're already saved, but you're struggling with some kind of a snag, some kind of affliction in your life, and you've prayed and prayed and prayed about it, but it won't go away, maybe it's hanging on to you because you're hanging on to a sin problem, and you know good and well you're doing it. Maybe you can't get rid of that affliction because you won't get rid of the sin. You won't cut loose of it. Let's pray for repentance, and I guarantee that's a prayer that he will hear from you. You pray that prayer, and the Lord will say, yes, I heard you. Let me show you in Matthew 4 and 17, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And friends, if Jesus is going to preach like that, then I have to do the same. I've got to preach the same way. I have to preach repentance, not just for the unsaved, but for the saved. We all have to repent. Those of us who are saved, we have to stay with repentance. That takes daily prayer. Those of you who have never received Jesus as Lord, you need to pray and repent and turn and come to the Lord. So let's pray. Father, forgive me, I've sinned, and I ask you to forgive me for it. Lord, I messed up. I repent of it. I, I'm tired of the affliction. I'm tired of doing things the hard way. Lord, I'm going to turn and follow you and show me how the way I should walk. Because you came and died for me, and I realize that now, Lord. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for paying the price that I couldn't afford to pay. I give you my life. And those of you who are saved, pray like this. Lord, forgive me for the sins I've committed. Help me walk rightly because I know people are watching me. I know I'm a representative of you. And please forgive me and let me walk right so that I can call people to repentance without hypocrisy that I can share with them my affliction so they can understand, they can understand what they're going through and they can realize, Lord, you're just trying to call them to walk right. Forgive me. And we thank you for being patient with us with immeasurable compassion. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time 
unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen of Calvary Chapel Pearland. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set.